It stuns me that this stuff happens every day. There's a lot of people missing. She turned left, down the corner, never seen again. They got away with murder. Missing person cases are some of the most frustrating cases to work. There's so many missing kids. There's so many families. People just don't understand. Every case is truly unique. Everybody has that, it'll never happen to mine attitude. Welcome to the real world. Welcome to the Gone Podcast, where every episode we re-examine, retrace, reanalyze the cases of people who have simply vanished. Cops suspect foul play in many of these cases. Hi, I'm journalist Jake Peterson. I've personally covered several missing persons cases, from babies to the elderly. Some of the cases we'll take on are ones I've personally been involved with. In these episodes, you'll hear from family members and people who can provide a unique perspective on these cases. Hopefully by the end of each episode, you will have formed your own opinion on what happened to these people, and we'll try to usually keep this to about 30 minutes or less. We told you last episode that there are 83,000 people missing in the U.S. Feel free to go back and listen to episode one if you want to hear more on that, but it's not necessary that you listen to these podcasts in order. About half of the missing people in the U.S. end up returning home after a few days or weeks, but then there's the other half that haven't been seen in years. July 25th of 2012 was the last time Leah Martin saw her 17-year-old daughter Morgan alive. Florida teen Morgan Martin vanished almost four years ago. The two main people in this case are her ex, Jacoby Flowers. I've gone from just being known as, you know, a normal guy, you know, who works for a living and, you know, do things the right way to this monster. And I said, I don't think that's fair at all. And Morgan's mom, Leah. I figure he killed her because of the baby. He didn't want the baby. If you can't tell, these two are not friends. Leah very much believes Jacoby is responsible for her daughter's disappearance. After all, police do say he is the last person to see Morgan alive. Plus, there is definitely more on this case that we'll get into in a bit. Now, this all unfolded in the summer of 2012 in St. Petersburg, Florida. It was so hot. I tell him every time Morgan couldn't go missing in the cold, she had to go missing in the heat, back kill us all. Morgan was 17, living with her mother, Leah, in a lower middle class neighborhood. She didn't find any bad in you. Good. You may have have made her mad, or you may have done something stupid, but she really just thought maybe you were just stressed out that day or something, you know. She was enrolled in an adult learning center, and she was working. Morgan was not your blonde-haired, blue-eyed cheerleader. Working at Checkers, she was four months pregnant. And that's where things get interesting. By all accounts, Morgan is excited to have this baby. But mom Leah says the father, Jacoby Flowers, is not. Leah says the two connected on Facebook about a year earlier. Then the two started dating. Leah didn't even know for a while. She told me who it was, and I was like, who? (laughs) You know, and she's like, well, you remember the guy that we seen one time when we went out to eat, you know? And I was like, yeah. She she said, and I told you I knew him. I said, yeah. She said, uh, I was like... I told her, first thing came out of my mouth was, that's a grown man. That was the first thing that came out of my mouth. I was like, Morgan, that's a grown man. Well, he's a little older, you know, and I was like, at the time, if I'm not mistaken, I think he was 25, 24, 24 at the time, I think. And then, because she was just 17. By all accounts, from mom and a few of her friends, it wasn't too serious of a relationship. What was their relationship like? I mean, did she go out to movies with them, out to dinner? I mean, what do you... No. It was um, pick her up, take her to his house, okay. or just ride around for a while. And it was on a hot, sticky July Florida night 
when Flowers would pick her up for the final time, according to police. She told me she was waiting on him, and I told her to leave him alone. She said, I just want to tell him I'm having a girl. I said, just leave him alone. Leah goes to bed, and Morgan hangs out with her sister and her sister's boyfriend until about midnight. Then, according to the sister, Morgan walks outside to see Flowers. Did the sister actually see him pull up? No. She actually, uh, she told her, she just ran through and told him that she was going to go outside and talk to her baby daddy. And then she went on out the door. Gotcha. So they just went to bed like I did, you know. It seemed unusual, but Leah heads to work for the morning shift. She starts getting calls from her daughter early into the shift. Eight or nine, Sierra started calling. Every morning, they were together. You know, I mean, uh, they didn't work till later on, both of them, you know. So every morning, they were together. Okay. If Morgan had to go somewhere, she told Sierra. Leah heads home around noon. So I start calling Morgan. Start calling her from the work phone. I call her from my phone. You know, I'm texting her. I'm thinking, this is strange now. Now it's getting weird. By two, she alerts the police. She also does her own investigation. We're calling hospitals where, you know, they're telling me, you know, I'm telling them this is who it is. We go to his job. I call him, and he's like, no, I don't know. I hadn't seen her. Days go on, and friends, family, strangers pass out flyers all across St. Pete. There are no clues, though. No clothing found, no cell phone, until Morgan's phone pings off a tower more than 40 miles away. And that part of our story coming up in 20 seconds. This episode of Gone is brought to you by LifeLock. You can never be too secure with your identity. I spoke to LifeLock member John Smith, who said if it wasn't for LifeLock, he would owe a fortune in debts that somebody else tried to run up. LifeLock, keeping your identity safe once and for all. Leah gets information that her daughter's phone pinged off a tower in Hudson, Florida. That's about 40 miles north of St. Petersburg. I didn't even know where Hudson was. I had to ask somebody where Hudson was. We're showing pictures, you know, we're asking questions, we're passing out flyers again. I mean, just thousands of flyers. Nothing's ever found in Hudson, and I did some research on why the phone might have pinged off that tower, and apparently it's a very large cell tower for the area, so if maybe a closer tower is broken, it could have pinged off the Hudson Tower. So the point doesn't necessarily mean she was in that area. The one thing I wanted to know is what made her think that Morgan just didn't run away? I mean, she is a 17-year-old girl. That's not all that uncommon. Maybe Morgan, she ran away. Did they ever ask you that? Oh, yeah, they asked that at first. What did you say? No. And whenever they got my phone records, they knew. Um, Morgan probably called me at least 300 times a day. And Morgan never texted me. And my job used to laugh so hard because um, she would call my phone, and if I wouldn't answer it, she'd call the job phone. My boss asked me one day, he said, does she know you have a job? Morgan's best friend agrees. I got my diploma, and she wanted to know if I could show her how to do that. Donisha Whitehead says that conversation happened about a week before Morgan went missing. She messaged me one day on my phone, and um, she was like, hey, I need to talk to you. I was like, about what? She's like, about life. You know, I just really want to, you know, get my life together. I found out I'm going to be a mom, and... I was like, oh my God, Morgan, (laughs) why? (laughs) That was like my question. She says there's no way Morgan ran away because she was making several plans for the future. She says everyone in the neighborhood knew that Jacoby got Morgan pregnant. She says Jacoby was pretty popular in St. Pete, saying he liked girls who were younger than him. Morgan is about seven years younger. I could just say all the girls knew him. 
Because he was cute. And I give him that. You know, he had the long dress and he drove a motorcycle and he was just out there. So all the girls knew, oh my God, that's Jacoby. Donisha says Jacoby also had a girlfriend at the time. She doesn't believe he wanted word of Morgan's pregnancy to get out. Donisha believes Jacoby knows where Morgan is. Now, we couldn't actually ask Flowers these questions because he's serving four months right now in prison for fleeing and eluding cops. Now, that's completely separate from this case. Here's his version of events from that time. It does sound like things were pretty contentious from the beginning between Jacoby and Morgan's friends and family. The very next day after this, the mother called. It was like, hey, you know, you're looking for my daughter. Have you seen her? I'm like, no, I haven't seen her. Okay, she's like, okay, I got to send the cops out at you. Okay, send them. I have nothing to hide. You can come to my house. You can look around. You can talk to my roommates, my neighbors. I have nothing to hide. Jacoby says he worked that day as a manager at the KFC, and he went to a nightclub. I asked around at the KFC, but I couldn't actually find anyone that worked there then that still works there today. Police wouldn't confirm his alibi with me either, but he's always maintained the same story. He discredits their entire relationship. Here's him talking to the Tampa ABC affiliate. Why would her family and police say that you were the father of her child? I have no idea. I don't know if that was something that she could have said. I mean, she's obviously younger than me. I mean, this isn't, you know, women lie about certain things all the time for many different reasons. I don't know. Flowers basically says he knows her from around the neighborhood, although his house is actually like five miles from hers. He says he had no contact with Morgan for months before she disappeared. Here's him talking to ABC again in 2015. And what do you think about police putting it out there saying she had gone, the story that, according to them, she had gone out to tell you that she was pregnant and had, with a baby, had named the baby girl, and that you were the last person to ever see her. No one ever saw her again. You were the last guy. You're asking how I feel about it? Yeah. I, f I feel like it's ridiculous. I mean, I feel like they can't, you know, Nobody can prove this. Like, there's no eyewitnesses. Like, you know, anybody can make up a story. That doesn't necessarily make it true. I personally do not believe him. This is Renee Ellery. I'm a deception and credibility expert. What I do is actually um, watch people and analyze people to see if they're telling the truth. She watched a five-minute interview conducted last year by the Tampa ABC affiliate. I would absolutely keep him in the crosshairs of investigation. He certainly needs to be looked at hands down. He's giving every indication that there's more here than what he's telling us. Here's why. One of the fascinating things he says is I... I feel like nobody can prove this. There, is, there are no eyewitnesses. Anybody can make up a story that doesn't necessarily make it true. Well, when I'm honest and you're saying, you know, we believe you did this, there is nothing to prove. And the fact that he's entertaining that there's something to prove here hmm. means you're just not catching it. Ellery says Flowers either dances around the question or he contradicts himself. Take a listen to this statement. I've came to the station every time they've asked me to come. Like, I've never skipped town. I've never not talked to them when they needed to talk to me, you know, to a certain degree. I've been fully cooperative. He gives us a statement that, you know, I've been cooperative, and then he says, to a certain degree. He qualifies it. And then a minute later, he literally says, I've been fully cooperative again. Well, that's completely contradicting himself. Cops wouldn't say much about this, but in 2015, they did say he is still a person of interest. Our cold case is actively working it. That was Detective Sarah Dines. Cops say they are also considering other leads, but publicly that's all we know. We haven't heard of any other persons of interest in the case, but Leah says cops don't need to look far for the person responsible. That's my whole question that I would love to know from him. For what? Well, because she was going to have a baby? The family wants to find her. The mother wants to find her daughter. I understand all of that. But that does not mean try to ruin my life at, in, this, in the same time that, you're, you know, this is going on. Okay, more on our next case. Plus, I learned new evidence that makes me wonder if Morgan left by her own free will. That part of our story, next. 
Gone is brought to you by Audible, the place where people who love a good mystery go to get their fix. Audible proudly supports Gone. So what happened to Morgan? Did she run away? Well, I didn't think so at first, but then I found out she does have a history of doing so. It's now been reported that she ran away when she was 12. But then I found out it was just for a few hours, and she actually never left the neighborhood. So I don't think she did that. Also, from what I could tell, Morgan was your typical connected teen. I don't think she would leave without her phone to play on so she could text Facebook and listen to music. Like this song, which is one of her favorites. Was Jacoby trying to get rid of Morgan to hide the fact that he was sleeping around? Maybe. But I also feel like he isn't that smart of a criminal. He's been arrested several times in the past few years. So if he was the obvious person behind her disappearance, why hasn't he been arrested yet? I have faith in everything that they're going to put him away for the rest of his life. The four-year anniversary of Morgan's disappearance is this July. Leah says she'll mark the date by having friends and family over. And of course, she'll keep passing out the flyers. You don't go to bed at night going, it was a pretty great day. You know, I had a good day. No, you go to bed at night and you think, maybe tomorrow. And that's where this story originally ends. But just as we were finishing up, a major break in the case. Leah tells me there's been an arrest. I head to the police department to see what's going on. The first person I see is Leah at the podium, waiting for the press conference to begin. And she's already crying. Cops made the announcement she's been waiting for for years. Jacoby Flowers was arrested for Morgan's death. She was mine. She wasn't his to take. But most of all, I want to thank everybody for helping us get to this point. I know we have a long road. A long road because there's no DNA evidence or a weapon. But cops say there was a long line of lies. Remember his claim that he wasn't the father? Investigators say they have Facebook messages where he acknowledges the pregnancy. Also, the night of her disappearance, security cam video at the KFC where he worked shows him in the cooler starting some sort of fire, and then he hoses it down around 3 a.m. But despite all of this, Flowers appeared to be very calm and collected in court. His case goes to trial in the fall. We will keep you posted. Leah says she just wants to know where her daughter's body is. The fact that you don't get to put her to rest, you know? And everybody tells you, oh, my son died too. Okay, where's your son at? Oh, he's out there in the cemetery. Okay, you know where he's at, right? I don't. And I don't have that, um, I think she's still alive anymore. No, I know better. Please share this podcast with your friends and family because the more people who hear about these stories, the more leads that could come in. If you'd like to hear more of the interview with her mom or with Jacoby Flowers, you can check that out at gonepodcast.com. You can also look us up on Twitter at gonepodcast. Okay, here's what we're working on for the next episode. My mother and I were very close and I knew her actions and it's just not like my mother just to disappear. There was a lot of blood in the car, so they knew that there was a homicide at that time. Why can't I have my mother back? If somebody could just tell me where she is, where they dumped her body. 
The disappearance of 71-year-old Shirley McEwen from Missouri. Her daughter says there's new evidence that needs to be scrutinized by cops. Where this case stands, next time on Gone. We'll see you then.